Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Jogerty, and joining me tonight is Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. And Jack McCarthy is off tonight, and we'll be seeing him next week, I'm sure. Anyway, so anything cool that you've been up to? You watched anything, or... Fedra? Yeah, I'm trying to... Try to <laughs> I'm trying to... <laughs> trying to think for a second I watched quite a few but go ahead um not really I think just last time I I told you I watched A Clockwork Orange for the first time in a long time because I mean Julie never saw it and I was just like hey if you're going into film or if you're looking at just you know amazing cinematography there you you got to see the movie and it was quite disturbing i i really forgot how dark it was um but it's really great you know and really it was ahead of its time you know showing about you know crime and it it actually even resonates even today how mm. they're talking about the youth and the violence in youth and how to how to control and and rehabilitate you know criminals so it, it was a breath of fresh air of almost like wow like this doesn't get old it's actually timeless yeah and stanley kubrick is he's a genius i mean I, he's probably one of my favorite if not the favorite director um i, I really love his work but it's it's sad to say, but that is my favorite movie of, of his because really? it's so it's so violent, you know, that you know I'm almost afraid to say it. <laughs> I mean, I for years I was afraid to own it because it just was just so disturbing. But it was on sale a couple of months ago, and it was in 4K, and I was like, ah, oh, I got to get it. It was like five bucks. And um, well, I'll make you feel a little better. It, it all started because I was talking, FaceTiming my friend in Chicago. I mean, he's actually in Illinois and McHenry, to be very clear. Uh, but on the wall, he had the main character and Julian like had no idea who that was. He's like, oh, who's that? And I'm just and we're both like, what? <laughs> like you haven't seen A Clockwork Orange. So that's kind of where it started. It was like, OK, we need to watch this. So, well, even like. On The Simpsons, Bart played Alex. Is it Alex or Alec? Uh, and, um, you know, on one of the Halloween episodes, you know, he had the little derby and like the, uh, the eyelash uh, eyelashes, yeah. you know, and the, and the white. That's actually a cricket outfit. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, I, again, it's very disturbing, but I just love. Like you said, the cinematography, the music, the direction, the acting, the writing. Um, it's just genius. I, I just love it. Yeah, these, I mean, I these are yeah, and, and, say that. <laughs> and and this is one of the films that I truly enjoy because I read the book in, in in high school, actually. I I didn't see the movie until a, a couple of years later. And I was very happy to see that it was really close like pretty much verbatim. And that's what I loved when, you know, this is where I get upset when people, and what I mean, people, directors, you know, adapt, you know, these books on screen and they don't do the book the service. You know, I get really pissed off because I know it's possible. You're going to have to invest. If the author is alive, you're going to have to bring them in. I mean, this is why Game of Thrones was so successful. This is why Handmaid's Tale is so successful. You know, so you it's really possible. But yeah, like this 
you know, I think Stanley Cooper had to do it. He had to show this, this mindset of this guy because the way that, you know, you see karma, you know, kind of like turn on its end at the end. Like it was just so beautifully done. It's just like, wow. Yeah. And, and Heath Ledger based, uh, Alex on, uh, uh, the Joker on Alex. That see, that makes sense to me. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I was watching a documentary on Stanley Kubrick and you know, he's, he's definitely different. Um, but he did the shining. Yes. And so Stephen King, uh, that's my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too crazy about that one. I mean, it's okay. You know, but it, I think it's a little overrated, but, uh, so Stephen King said, he goes, well, I think he was a friend, of, a fan of Stanley Kubrick and he was so excited about the prospect of him adapting one of his novels. He was like, and he goes, well, do you need my help with anything? Is there anything I could do? And he's like, nope. You know, and he's like, cause I'm willing to help you in any way. And he goes, no, I'm good. And I think he showed up at the set one day and he wanted to give like advice. And Kubrick basically said, look, I like the characters in the book, but I think you're a crap writer, you know, and I really, I'm going to change the whole movie because, and he did like uh, the, the whole story. It, it's not basically based on the book. It's uh, more of Kubrick's adaptation of, of it. And Stephen King hates <laughs> that movie. And I think a lot of it because his ego was bruised. Hmm. I mean, I think it's phenomenal. I don't like how Kubrick behaved with the actress, but I mean, you see the acting in there. I mean, she is just terrified. Like, man, like that's just it's like borderline acting, if not real uh, emotion in those scenes. So that's really why I like it. There's just this hauntingness about it. I love how they show telepathy and psychic ability in that uh, film in such a really dark way. I love that. Uh, and I love the way that he showed spirits like he didn't glorify them. He didn't make them cute. He didn't make them fun. This was more like a dark, sexy, dark sex magic thing in there. You know, with the film with the woman in the bathtub and, you know, the the uh, the bar scene like that's my favorite. Honestly, I love the bar scene so much because it just shows this like perpetual carnival of being in this spirit realm i'm like yep you're doing this over and over and over again don't you remember you've been here before and you're going to be here again and again and again and it's like whoa that's insanity but did you ever see a ready player one i did yeah that's a that's a really great film i've seen it twice i have to yeah, really see it again yeah there's a scene in there with uh, the shining mm -hmm. and you know it says in, in there that the clue was the uh, something about like where the creator hates its its creation. Yes, and uh, that was all about Stephen King hating the movie The Shining. Anyway, so I had seen a couple of movies and I actually thought they were pretty good. One of them was Knock at the Cabin. Did you hear about that one? We were talking about that I think uh, a couple of weeks ago. No, uh, what's it? What's that about? M. Night Shyamalan uh, directed it, and uh, Batista is in it, and Ron Weasley is in it from Harry Potter. Um, it's really, I, I liked it. I thought it was was pretty good. It's about like 
basically the apocalypse or the the idea that the apocalypse might be coming and uh these four people and one of them is uh, batista and one of them is ron weasley and then two other girls they show up to this cabin out in the woods and there's a family and it's a gay couple and they adopted a, an asian girl and uh they basically tell them look the apocalypse is coming and one of you has to kill the other one in this family in order for it not to come and uh jeez yeah it's it, it's dark i mean it's 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 it but i enjoyed it it's uh it's a fun movie about the apocalypse if it, that could be said now what i liked about it was the acting i thought was really good everybody was good in it and uh, the little girl i thought was so cute too but batista we were talking about him I think he's the best wrestling actor that's come out of the, the WWE and the WWF. Like, cause we had the rock, we had John Cena, we had Hulk Hogan in ways, but I think he's the best one by far, you know, and hopefully he does have a, a good career ahead of him. Cause he does, he does have some kind of range because yeah, he can do anger, but he can also be gentle. Uh, and that's what you'd see him in this movie. But what I really liked about this was, again, it was about a, a gay couple and a, and a gay family. And I always say this, like Disney, what they do is they sugarcoat things way too much. This isn't Disney. But like in their movies, like they kind of try to force a specific agenda mm -hmm. of how, you know, and especially lately, they've been putting like a lot of um, like gay couples in their movie. And I, but what they do wrong is that they make them perfect or they make them um, as either like the only rational ones or like they're above any non-gay couple. But what this movie does is it just basically shows that they're just like us. Like they have the same problems that we have. Like one of the, one of the males was uh, a little like aggressive, you know, like where he, I, I guess he was bullied over being gay in, in society. And it, it just drove him mad that like, like some straight people would have a problem with him just because of his choices. And the other guy was more of a, you know, you need to let go of your past in order to enjoy the present and the future, you know, and just don't let that stuff bother you. And he would just always try to keep him out of fights and stuff like that. And, and uh, I thought they were, it, it was a really nice couple. They didn't kiss once in the movie, but you just felt that they were a family and that they had, again, the, the girl, the little girl that they adopted was also part of the family. And you just saw them as a family. You didn't see them really as a, as a gay couple. You saw them as a family. And I think that that's what Disney and other companies get so wrong is that we need to relate to the main characters when we can't relate to the or like you have it specifically only one group can relate to them that's where you have a problem but if we can relate to someone that that's gay or uh, if you're a male and you can relate to someone that's female like ripley like we've said it in the past or or the bride and uh kill bill and all that or someone that's uh like that's someone that's black i'm thinking of glory i mean i and even like Malcolm X, I, I enjoyed that movie too. 
that's what Disney gets wrong is they sugarcoat things where you cannot relate to what the main character has because they're trying to make them too perfect. That's my point is that I was able to relate to them because they were just relatable characters. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't want it to be cheesy and, you know, like you said, have this pushy, awkward feeling like they're on this pedestal when, no, like every relationship takes work. Oh, yeah. You know, no uh, matter what, no matter, I mean, no matter what kind of marriage you have, the marriage isn't perfect. And having kids, there's always, you know, obstacles, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not parent yet but i'm sure it's there so yeah i agree with you that that should be shown even in disney i mean they 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 have the ability to do it they just don't want to they want to push a certain agenda or view and i'm glad to hear that it's in this because it needs to be in more films so that way we can all see our similarities rather our differences and i hope that well who knows i don't think the movie did that well but i would hope that they learn for it's you know the production companies learn from how that they um you know put forward this uh, this gay couple because i think that's the way it should be again is just don't sugarcoat it make us relate to it but anyway it's it's a good movie <laughs> except again it's like somebody's got to die you don't know what again, if they're just a religious cult and they're like pumping in fake information because you see like all these things, like one, what happens is there's four of them. So they're basically like the four horsemen woo, of the apocalypse. And, uh, you know, they, they, they aren't necessary, but you have to assume that they are. I mean, it's just easy to see four people. And what happens is like, They'll say, well, you know, please, you have to kill one of your family members. And if you don't, we're going to have to unleash a plague on humanity. And so, you know, they, they say no. It's like, I think you're not. We're not going to do it. And then either one of the four people kill themselves or they all gang up and they kill one of them. And then a, a plague starts, like where there's a tsunami, you know, that wipes out Oregon and Hawaii. And then they had something where the plane, all the planes in the world were just falling out of the sky. But again, it could all be uh, related to like a cyber attack or something like that. So they're not convinced, but they still have to make a choice at the end. So that's the whole thing. You know, are mm. these people fooling with them or is the apocalypse actually happening? Are they going to sacrifice one of them or are they just going to? not and see what happens at the end so that's that's like, a good that's a good play of the mind of like what do you yeah. believe do you believe it's if it's being manipulated or do you believe that yeah an apocalypse oh, you would, time you would exists. like it i think you would like it because again it, it's very deep and it's very spiritual and uh i i don't want to reveal too much but I, I i have a feeling you'd like it so check it out i, I you know it's it's not that gory, I'll say. There's a lot of deaths and all that, but I think that they could have been a lot worse. Is uh, this more of a, a thriller or more of a horror? Because remember, I do avoid the horror section from now. No, on. I would say it's more of a thriller because again, it's not like okay. And what I like too, again, is they're realistic with because Batista is. You can say he's either a good guy, you know, trying to stop the apocalypse, or he's a bad guy just trying to kill these people. Um, you know, and there's a point where 
they escape and they have to fight Batista and he kicks their ass. And now if this was Disney, you know, they would have them where they would kick, kick Batista's ass, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just realistic. Like, again, like Jack and I were talking about it the other night where like with black Panther, they, you had like a 90 pound woman beating the crap out of Namor, which there's no way in hell that, that would have happened. Uh, regardless of what kind of power she had or, or whatever. It's just that they always try to make things a little unrealistic or that this is the person that we want to win from the beginning to the end and that they're going to overcome all obstacles. Like uh, even like when we saw like in um, Obi-Wan with Leia and yep. Reva, it's just like they're, they're too perfect you know that they, they can't lose and i i'm glad that they portrayed that like where it's again you know it's a gay couple against a wrestler yeah i'm not gonna win you know and they they kind of show it you know it's just realistic anyway uh the other one i just watched was the whale did you hear about that one? Oh, i heard that was phenomenal tell yeah. me what'd you think I is it good. oscar winning do you think he's gonna uh, get an oscar probably but i think it's like oscar bait and it's you know pulls on your heartstrings and all that yeah he does a good job but i, I didn't realize because i knew he gained a lot of weight for the role he is in a fat suit like but i think it's a combination of him gaining weight because he's 600 pounds in the movie and uh i read that a lot of people had a problem with him being in a fat suit because they felt like it was almost like fat shaming or why couldn't you get a 600 pound actor and you know, it was Darren Afnoski. Uh, he says, it's kind of hard to find a 600 pound actor, you know, especially an actor that's, that's good. But anyway, he does a good performance in it, but I'm torn because I, I really liked Austin Butler's performance in Elvis. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think I'd rather see Austin Butler win the best actor award because I just feel like this is Oscar bait where it's like, you have to feel bad for him. He's 600 pounds. He basically can't leave his house. He's dying. You know, he's very sensitive. And I, I don't know. I, I, I again, I, I thought it was good, but it's not for everybody. I mean, you'll probably like it better than most films, I'll say. But, uh, you know, I actually like Knock at the Cabin better. Then I watched Toy Story. And the original Toy Story, and it's still good. You know? <laughs> I'm sure it's Pixar needs to take a look at its old stuff. Like they should learn from how they wrote the story, how the characters were, and it's just so sad what Pixar has become because they are a mere shell of what they used to be. Toy Story is an amazing movie. The only thing that creeps me out now is when you look at the cgi characters of the humans they look so weird uh from the oh, yeah. very early toy story they've gotten better but and to be honest yeah i hope they never change it like where they're like well we can go back and fix that yeah just leave it as is we'll just have to suspend our disbelief and kind of imagine them as more realistic but it's just such a great movie um i love, and the, I, I love the music throughout that whole thing so I great do, I, 
Yeah, it's just everything. Just the acting, the voice acting, and and the story, and it's just I haven't seen it in years and years, and it just was so nice to watch. I'm gonna have to watch two and three. I guess I'll watch four, but Lightyear sucks. And recently, Peter Doctor, who uh, Doctor, well, he's like he directed Monsters Inc. and now he's like the head of Pixar. He basically was blaming the audience for Lightyear not being successful. It's like he said, "Well, we asked too much of the audience." Like, no, people saw no. the trailer. You know, they knew what they were getting in that trailer, and they're like, "We don't want it." And a lot of people are like, "Well, where's Tim Allen? How come you don't have Tim Allen voicing, let you know, Buzz?" Because I'm just, sure Tim Allen looked at the script and was just like, "No." Well, they they have a problem with him because there's political beliefs, which no, again, I remember that, but it's also like he wasn't asked. Yeah, like I they, mean, I, I mean, but I could see it because like Toy Story had a like the first one had a great story, like it had a focus, like from the trailer and from what you told me, it sounds like it's just all over the place, and I'm not going to go see that. I don't want them to ruin you know Buzz Lightyear for me. It is agenda driven and it's just like, it's not fun. It's not interesting. The characters are boring. Um, it's, yeah, it sucks. Um, but they're, they are doing this Toy Story 5, which I'm not crazy about. We talked about that. And Tim Allen is coming back. So maybe they learned something. Um, so we'll see. All right. So, last thing I did was I listened to the podcast. The, I think I told you about this, the witch trial of uh, J.K. Rowling. No. Yeah, you know, it was all about, like, uh, it's, it was supposed to be about, you know, her her and her uh, controversial, if you want to say it, like uh, her and the, the trans community going at each other. Um, okay. And uh, I've been following the whole story you know, with her and the trans community. Um, and like I said, I think that they should, they should have just sat down and talked it out, but she's no angel in this thing. I, I, I mean, from what I, I'm not talking about the podcast, I just know, like I've read some of her tweets and she's kind of like the type of person that she has to be right, you know, to the, to the point like where she'll, she'll tweet out something just to piss them off where, she didn't have to, but she just tries to rub it in their face. It's like, did you see this today in the paper that some trans person did? And it just irritates them, which I don't blame them. You know, it's in a way that they both have issues. Both sides have issues. I wish they could work it out, but I don't think it's ever going to happen because she, she does come across in this podcast is so arrogant and pompous and i i think she believes that since she's got so much this of this wealth and this power from creating this series and everything that everyone needs to hear what she has to say and that she's always right and well i i mean i would actually say in a way she is and the the reason why i would say she is is because that's her opinion you know whether she's influenced by her wealth and because of you know, being a successful author and having these movies and having these games, cool. Like she earned it. No, but there's a difference. 
Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't there, know. Opinion, I mean, no, there is opinion, but with her is that she'll say basically, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, you, you have to be able to accept other people's opinions. She's not able to do that. It's like, well, neither are they. Oh, I'm not even saying with the trans community, just in the past, too, even before this whole thing that ha happened with the trans community. That's just the way she is. It's like that she feels that when she says something, it's the gospel truth and that you have to believe it. She never will concede and say, I was wrong for saying something like this. And again, this has got nothing to do with the podcast. I've just followed her for a while. She's just a stubborn, pompous, arrogant, entitled person. Um, but what bothers me about this podcast is that they released two episodes. They don't even address the whole issue that they had with the trans community. It just sets her up as a, a perpetual victim throughout her whole life. Uh, she was abused by men. Uh, one of her husbands threatened her and uh, was going to take, you know, her manuscript and destroy it or have it as her own. And then she goes into the, the second chapter or the second episode is about her and the fundamentalist Christians, how they felt that she was trying to corrupt the children of the world by teaching them whoop witchcraft and uh that it was a, a way to satan and all that and um to me she just comes off again as very entitled she feels that it's her responsibility that she has a podium to say all these things and that she will never step down from that podium i think those not her exact words but pretty close where she's she won't be silenced because she feels that she has a very powerful voice that can reach millions and millions of people, which scares me about some people uh, when they, they think that their thoughts are that important. But like I said, she just seems to come across as a, as a victim. And I'm sure maybe in the third episode, she'll get into her issues with the trans community or the battles that they had. But why is it that you're always a victim? You know, I mean, there's a possibility. I don't know. It just kind of turned me off. It, it, I just felt like the podcast didn't do any favors for her. And I don't think I'm going to listen to the next one because I feel like I was duped because it seemed like they kind of slipped in, like like the whole thing with like where she didn't trust men and then she didn't trust, you know, some of the fundamentalist Christians and that they were going after her and persecuting her. It, I, it just seems like I wasted almost two hours of my time listening to it so i mean that's sad to hear uh, because uh, i think that it's very important for her to talk about that where to give others not just the impression but just her reality like there was points in her life where she had to struggle and yes she's no longer in those uh, situations anymore like her her life has completely you know changed since then but i i agree with you that there's a fine line between putting yourself as a as a victim but also discussing discussing the struggles that you've had so that people can can see that side of her because maybe i mean i don't i don't know if the trans community knows this stuff about her and you know, whether they're just looking at her fame and her wealth and just putting her in that box and that's it, not looking at the fact that she's a real human, that, you know, she was a writer struggling to 
publish these books in the beginning and that, you know, she had to go through whatever she had to go through. And so there's that part that I think, and, you know, for me, I like to look at, you know, two sides of the coin and what I do keep hearing from people that I know that are very successful and are wealthy is that you never know that side until you reach it. So even I trying to put myself in her position, I can't, like, I have no idea how it is to have that responsibility of being multiply published and have, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars. And, you know, I just state my opinion and then everybody just attacks me for it. Like, I, I have no idea how to react to that. So I feel like she's damned if she does, she's damned if she doesn't. And I feel it's the same thing in the trans community. They're, they're, they're expecting for her to apologize for her opinion when I don't think that she should apologize and neither should they. Like, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion on what you believe. But when you start pushing it on others, or like you said, not respecting another person's perspective, that's where, to me, like, you're just not mature. You're just, I, I wouldn't even engage in a conversation then because you're not intellectually capable of having one then if you're just going to want everyone to agree yeah, with you. But the one thing too, you know, that people, including myself, that I, I tend to forget, it's not everybody in the trans community that are outspoken and want her head on a spigot or something like that. It's just like, a, you know, some that are vocally loud. Uh, you know, and and they're they're also the people that condemned anyone that was playing Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, or, I mean, you were saying that. You know, or anyone that reads the books and still enjoys them. You know, it's like you have to just because somebody likes Harry Potter, that doesn't mean that they're a transphobe. You know, it's just that they grow up with the characters, they enjoy them. Uh, you know, you and we've talked about this too, like where a lot of actors musicians have had a very dark past or maybe you know something that they did after they wrote their songs or did their material that mm -hmm. kind of tarnished their career but we still end up and well for me like i i love american beauty i know of the things that kevin spacey did but it's like you can't tell me i can't watch that movie anymore and um yeah same thing same. with michael jackson you know it's like i still listen to his music that doesn't mean I'm a horrible person. It's just, you know, you have to, and, and throughout history to a lot of musicians, uh, writers have not had the, uh, done the nicest things, but you know, you have to take the good and the bad basically, you know, you can't just erase history because you, you of something that somebody had done or said or else, We'd yeah, be missing out on a lot of good things too. And you don't want to acknowledge it or face it. Like that's that's wrong. You're you're not learning then. You're not learning from that mistake if you're just like, oh no, we're not gonna look at that. That doesn't exist anymore. We're not gonna talk about that. It is it's like that's not reality. <laughs> well, I was uh, I'm gonna get over the movies and they're not gonna talk about this really, but I watched Tar a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I think you had seen that scene. I think I'd sent it to you and Jack, like where uh, she goes against uh, cancel culture because uh, one of her students didn't want to play back Bach or listen to Bach because 
he felt he was a cis male with a a uh, that he couldn't relate to him because he was straight and that he had a torrid past with women and all that. But she says, but do you know how you're limiting yourself by not experience the beauty that he created? And he just was so strong on his opinion of Bach that he just didn't want anything to do with them. And she thought he was an idiot for that because it's like you're, you're, you're missing out on so many things just because you know you're labeling a person a, a certain way um and it is it, it's tough uh it, it's very difficult because yeah there, there are people that are not all rosy and everything that that have a, a tarnished past but they they have done some good things for i guess the world in some ways you know yeah anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you get at the final word and then we'll move on to uh <laughs> oh no you're good you said it best oh, okay thank you Fedra. anyway let's get into the news so uh there's a rumor that marvel is going to go through and have an eternals 2 do you think that's a good idea no please no and I don't even know if I'd be able to even go see it. And even though I'm sure we'd want to know what, you know, cult delights will be in there too, so I can just chew it up and spit it out. But I don't know if I'd even have the the gumption to go see it in theaters. Really? Well, a lot of these Why? things are rumors. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I don't think we need an Eternals too. But Marvel and Disney need to learn from their mistakes. If something doesn't work and it loses money for the company, I wouldn't spend more money on it, you know, to develop a, a sequel or a bunch of sequels. Like people were laughing at James Cameron and his avatar fantasy of having five avatar movies. And he said, he goes, all right, if the second one doesn't do good, I'll just make it a trilogy and we'll end it from there. I won't do five movies, but he proved them wrong. That movie is still making money. Uh, it, it's just insane. It's it's almost at, I think it's two point three billion dollars right now, or close to it. Uh, it just keeps breaking records. And uh, but again, I think he's got to have some control over Disney because Dis, you know, it's released through Fox, which Disney owns Fox, but it hasn't been on Disney Plus yet. He's just keeping it in the theaters. You know, he's letting it he's grow. Smart. Yeah. You know, where that's what Disney does that's wrong too. It's like they'll release a movie and then 30 days later it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, but um, with Eternals, what are they going to do? Add another eight characters? So they're going to be 16 of them? Yeah, no, you're right. It's like they would have to add characters and it's just too much. I mean, it was okay. Uh, I think they were hoping again for another Guardians of the Galaxy because no one knew who the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy were other than hardcore comic book fans. And I don't even think Jack knew of the characters in the Eternals, maybe one or two, but he didn't know all of them. And you're just asking too much, you know, for from an audience to like be on board with uh, something that just looks weird and it's not good. And you know, just because you stamp Marvel on it doesn't mean that everyone needs to go fly into the theaters and just dumping their wallets into uh, that movie. 
yeah, again, hopefully they'll, they'll learn from their mistake and they don't do it. This is a rumor, but I would, it wouldn't be surprised because uh, of they they did have an agenda in the phase four, and it it just doesn't seem like most people are on board with what they wanted, what their agenda was. And Disney is a company. It is a company. Its goal, all companies' goals, are to make money. Anyway, <laughs> so the Marvels has been delayed again to July, from July 28th to November 10th. I think it was delayed previously, too. I could be wrong. I but think that's smart, though. Why do you think it's smart? There's a lot coming out. I mean, we just had Ant-Man. I believe John Wick's coming out soon. And then... Oh, yeah. I think there's like another Pixar thing coming out too. So just to just to balance that out for toward the winter, especially if there's not much going on at that time, I think that makes sense. What do you think? Uh well yeah, I don't know exactly the dates for all the movies that are coming out, but yeah, there there could be a lot of competition in July and maybe they're thinking about that. And you know, you could you can the hardest time to make money, I think, is in February. Uh just because it's January and February. It, it, you know, they they usually when they release movies around then, it's almost like that we're releasing them to to go and die because they don't really make that much money. But like the summertime is a big time, spring break, and then the holidays, starting with Thanksgiving, you know, into Christmas. So I, I honestly think it's it's less has to do with that and more with the fact that it's just not a good movie. Um, it's tough because this is not Captain Marvel 2. It's the Marvels. And they're introducing two other female superheroes that we've seen previously. Um, Kamala Khan, who is Miss Marvel. She had her TV series. And, and Monica Rambeau which was in WandaVision, which I know you didn't see. Um, my problem with, and I know you didn't watch Miss Marvel. I did. I enjoyed a, a big chunk of the series, but the one thing I didn't enjoy was her. I thought she was horrible. I, she was not a likable character, and that's a big problem. When you're trying to sell a series or a movie on a certain character, and the main character is just not a very nice character or not an enjoyable or entertaining character. And it's going to be tough to get this girl to be on the big screen, especially if she's got very little experience of being a movie. And, and again, I, I just think that she was miscast. Like they could have gotten someone better to portray Miss Marvel. Um, I think she's the problem. Uh, just from watching Miss Marvel, and maybe they're trying to rework it where they're trying to save the movie. But I have a feeling that movie's in a lot of trouble. I hope not, because I'm I'm interested in seeing it. I I want something new when it comes to the whole Marvel storyline. Uh, I did like. Captain Marvel, uh, I really did enjoy him. 
so i mean it's not like they were fabulous i mean i think uh dr strange was really one of my top favorites and captain america so those are still winning overall in like storyline and like everything about it but i don't know i I really liked the storyline of captain marvel and i love the costume i just wish maybe the storyline of the film with the bad guys like jude law i just could not see jude law as like you know an enemy like he just wasn't a real villain for me like he did all right you know but he wasn't like you know so i mean i i I wonder what they're gonna do and it would be kind of cool to see this like trinity but yeah like you said i just hope they don't push it too far again well with the feminine and like you know female power then then i'm gonna be rolling my eyes too you know it's like just give me like 50 50 you know (laughs) well that's just it i I think what they're doing is their their goal for phase four and into phase five was inclusiveness and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to in- introduce inclusive characters into sequels like Captain Marvel. Because Kamala Khan, uh, I think she's Pakistani-American. And uh, Monica Rambeau is black. See, so, I'm okay with that if they made it more authentic. Or like you said, not like a 90-pound female trying to overtake you know, a 300-pound dude. Like, make it more realistic instead of trendy and pushing a narrative there's a difference like you said it would, again what i didn't like about miss marvel the series is they made her perfect it's you know and it's probably wrong for me to say but she's you're not super attractive we'll say you know and she's a little chubby and three guys were dying to go out with her like three good looking guys and it's like you know and she's kind of like oh what am i gonna do who am i gonna choose and it's like it's just not realistic uh and just a lot of other things were just not realistic i mean i love the fact like we got to see more of the uh the culture of um like a pakistani family i think it's pakistan um but she uh because the mother was really tough on her and the father was really nice on her, but the, the mother was very traditional. And then they just threw that out a lot the window, like by the, the middle episodes, which it annoyed me. I would have liked if the mother was tough on her, but then all of a sudden I was like, I was like, Oh, I love you and I'll help make your costume. And you know, you're perfect and all that. And anyway, I don't want to get into it cause I already got into it. Like for so many episodes that there were, but yeah, I, I think it's in trouble. Uh, I, it's going to be, it, it's going to be rough for us to, to get a good Marvel movie in a while, maybe guardians three, which is coming out next, but I don't even know that one. Um, I, I kind of have my doubts with that one too, unfortunately. Well, we'll see. Um, oh, there's rumors that the, test audience walked out on Aquaman 2. I can definitely see that. But I'm wondering, is it just because of, uh, you know, who Miss Amber? Or is it the actual storyline? Like, is it that bad? Oh, Amber Heard? 
Yeah. I think they, they cut out a lot of her stuff. I still um, think she makes an appearance, though. No, she does, but I, I don't think she's going to have as big a, an appearance as she did previously. I didn't like the first movie. I, I don't. Jason Momoa is a nice guy, but he's not that great of an actor. And I, I, he's not Aquaman to me. And I, I can't wait for this series to end so he can be Lobo. I think he'd be a great Lobo. Um, I And I'd seen the trailer for uh, Fast and the Furious, and he's the bad guy in Fast and the Furious. 10, oh, I think. wow, really? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, you would think. But it just goes to show he really can't act. He's just like he's very monotone in his acting. Just basically plays like the the long haired with the beard guy with the his arm showing tough guy and all that in every movie that he's in. And um, so he's typecasted, is what you're yeah. saying. And it's yeah, by the he, it's by the look, not by his skill. Yeah, he was lucky. Is that movie made over? Aquaman, the first one, made over a billion dollars, which I still boggles my mind how that happened because it really was not that great of a movie. Oh, it was because of William Defoe. He held that movie. Was he even in that movie? Yeah, he was. <laughs> no, yeah, they put him. They they cut him out of Justice League. That's so great. Like, was he even in that movie? <laughs> No, because originally he was in Justice League and they cut his part out. That's I was thinking of Justice League. Uh, but yeah, I guess I slightly remember Willem Dafoe. And I had Popper to make in. a funny, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a real fan. I mean, yeah, Jason Mimosa, yeah, I could take him out for lunch, but he's married, you know, so that ain't going to happen. But, you Is know, he? I don't think he's married. I thought he was married to that lovely woman. They were like this power nope. couple. Did they yeah. break up? Um, I don't follow Lisa, that stuff, so I don't Lisa know. Lisa Bonet? Yeah, I thought. I think oh, so. they divorced uh, the two of them. So I got oh, good boy. news for you, Fedra. He's on the prowl. Oh, boy. Yeah, you can have lobster with him. <laughs> um, I but yeah, no, lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to. I'm just not a fan. I don't, I, that's like how he said Ant Man doesn't deserve. A movie. I don't think Aquaman really deserves a movie either. And yeah, on his own, yeah, I would agree. But like as a supporting role in a story, that would be super cool. Well, he was in Justice League, but again, he was such a he was just basically a jock, like beer guzzling or alcohol drinking, and he was like, "Oh, right." And it's like that's not Aquaman. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound like it either. Blech. Oh, I've got to. So you didn't see WandaVision? No, you've asked me that several times. I feel I like I got to start you. watching it so I can be like, you, yes. <laughs> you need to wear like a shirt that says, I have not seen WandaVision. So I can see that before I ask you. Well, no. Well, I'm basically saying it to the audience. I did know that you didn't see WandaVision. It's kind of like I'm making a statement. But anyway. So there is a, a rumor, another rumor, that Vision is going to get his own series, and it's called Vision Quest. That was the name of a movie. Did you ever see that movie? Matthew Modine was in it, and he was a wrestler. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I remember that. That was from the 80s. Charlie so remembers that movie. I, I like the character Vision, but I also don't see how the heck he's going to have his whole own series. 
Like, where well, does this, when does this take place? You know, what happened in WandaVision was so confusing. First of all, Vision died at the end of uh, Infinity War, right? It was Infinity War. Um, so he's supposed to be dead, but you know, she kind of brings him back, or uh, but it's not really him, it's like kind of in her mind. Mm -hmm. But there is, they, they are able to create a, another vision. I think that the military might have created it from what cool. I remember. And, military uh, he, design vision. Yeah, and he's all white, you know. And in the comics, they had a white vision, and he, and he looks really good. So that one still exists, went off somewhere, you know. So I that would be the story, would be around the the, the white vision, which could be cool, but again... Disney really needs to just do short movies and that's it. We don't need like 12 one hour episodes. I'm telling you, I'm calling it right now. That damn daredevil born again is just going to be too much and people are going to be disappointed. Oh, I did want to mention to you this Fedra. So I got a yeah. email regarding, uh, Megacon. Megacon is in Orlando. And so they're going to have a lot of people there, uh, which I'm kind of surprised. That, I guess they're getting bigger and bigger. And I'm really surprised that a lot of these people are going to be there. So Ashley Eckstein, she did the voice of Ashoka. So she's going to be there. I'm not surprised about that. Um, cool. Carl Weathers. You know, Carl Weathers. Yeah. Yeah. Apollo Creed. So he's going to be there, but he was in the Mandalorian. So I think he's more pitching, but you know, you can get his autograph. You can have him sign an Apollo Creed thing. You can get a picture taken with him. Uh, Charlie Cox, who's daredevil. He's going to be there. Cool. Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Kingpin. He's going to be there. Oh, wow. Uh, Chevy Chase is going to be there. Chevy Chase. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, just like when I look at these names, I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, it's almost like I feel like they, they really need the money. Christina Ricci. No way. Oh, I'd love to see her. Oh. Uh, Garrett Hedlund, who was the, uh, he was the guy that was in Tron Legacy, which I'm not sure. Yes, I saw that. Mm -hmm. He was, he was the, uh, oh, I can't even remember. He was the son of, uh, Jeff Tron. Bridges. Yeah. Jeff Bridges. Well, not Tron. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of Star Trek to the Next Generation. Gene Carl Esposito, I'm really surprised, is going to be there. He, he's, he was the bad guy in The Mandalorian. Hayden Christensen, which again, a little surprise. Henry Winkler. Uh, James McAvoy. They're pretty big names. I'm really surprised. John Cleese. I would love to see John Cleese. Uh, John Berthnell, who is uh, the Punisher. Uh, Mario Lopez and Mark Paul Gosselaar. Do you know who those idiots are? No, remind me. Saved by the Bell. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Nev Campbell. Aw. Ralph Macchio. Uh, Rosario Dawson, Sam Raimi. I, I just can't believe these names. And uh, the the little girl that played Leia. 
I mean, they, they have her name, but no one's going to remember her name. And uh, Zachary Levi, who plays uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel. Crazy, craziness. I mean, you know, you expect stuff like that maybe at like San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con, but Megacon is in Orlando. And I, I just didn't think that they would have. When's, uh, when is that? When is Megacon? Megacon is uh, March 30th to April 2nd. I went there once. Uh, that's where I met uh, Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, and a nice conversation because everyone did not give a damn about him. He was sitting there bored out of his mind, and I just went up to him and just had a nice little chat with him. And it was kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell you, speaking of, like you said, a Clockwork Orange, did you know David Prowse was in a Clockwork Orange? No. David Prowse played Darth Vader. He was like the uh, person inside the suit, you know, for the, the original trilogy. He was the guy that was in, uh, remember the guy who was in the wheelchair and he used to take care of him? No. Yeah, that was Darth Vader, or David Prowse. The writer. The writer, yeah, the writer. Oh, man, yeah, and he puts Alec in that room. No way, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So Joker, Fali Adu, is said to be inspired by Liza Minnelli musicals. Yeah. So I'm going to go off a little bit. Because I know that Lady Gaga is such a big fan of Liza Minnelli. And I'm is sure she? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can see it in her gestures. What she she's really and yes, I think as a good performer, you should be good at emulating and remixing and even imitating your ideals. It's totally cool. There's this really great scene in SNL where Lady Gaga and Madonna are together and Lady Gaga is literally trying to be Madonna. And Madonna is basically being Madonna poking fun at Lady Gaga wanting to be Madonna. It was great. It's a great funny scene. But I think that this is the same thing here, where if you're a fan of Lady Gaga, great. But with all due respect, she is not Liza Minnelli. She will never move and sound like my Liza Minnelli. You have to see the background of Liza. That was a phenomenal actress. She was crazy. <laughs> I am not surprised of her addictions and issues, her mommy issues. But that was a performer. And that, that woman moved. All right, so that the, woman sang. Like, so, so name some uh, Liza Minnelli movies. So Cabaret is probably my personal favorite. Um, I can go and search more. I know she did a lot with Gene Wilder together. Really? Uh, I, I know yeah. she did New York, New York with Robert De Niro. She did. Um, I know she did one where uh, in St. Louis, I think. Let me see. Oh, Meet Me in St. Louis? No, that's, yeah. but she was a baby in that. No, her mother was in that, Julie, Judy see. Garland. And. Uh, she just showed up at the end as, as her baby. Um, no, I mean, I, I mostly, when I 
hear of when I think about her movies, I think a cabaret, like you said, and New York, New York, but it's like, uh, I don't know if that's such a good idea to have the Joker sequel based on that, you know? Well, I can see the, the vibe there cause that will fit Lady Gaga in that sensuality and, you know, being kind of, I mean, the cabaret was about burlesque, you know, it was about, you know, being this empowered yet mm, promiscuous woman. And, uh, and I think Lady Gaga can definitely put on that vibe in this, but Liza did Broadway. Liza had a very deep vibrato and like stance in there. So I don't know how that's going to make sense with the Joker unless they, like I was saying, maybe they make it into like acts of like daydreaming and then it goes into this kind of musical. Then that could make sense. Kind of like a Moulin Rouge where there's like a musical number, but then it gets back into reality and it's back into the scene. Like I could see that. Well, I think the majority of the fans of the Joker are going to be bored out of their mind. They don't want to see a musical. They want to see more of the Joker. And I think that Lady Gaga is corrupting this movie, this sequel, to make it more of a, a starring feature for herself or the producers are. Somebody out there thinks that we all love Lady Gaga. And I would say it's probably the opposite, is that there's a a certain amount of people that like her. And then there is a majority of people that don't want her in any films that don't think she's the greatest thing since sliced bread as an actress. And I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be good, but well, like, yeah, good. like I said last time, I mean, she's a, she is a good songwriter. She is a good singer. I, I don't think she should be acting. I a hundred percent agree with that. Like maybe a very, very small role with like two lines, like sure. Um, but not not head to head with freaking Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, this is to me is just laughable. It's just like, how is this going to make sense? You know, I I really like feel for the guy. I mean, I hope he's not sitting there in the scene like, oh great, you know, when are we done here? You know, I mean it's it's like putting a rookie with a master. Like it just I, does not make any sense. I really think Joaquin sold out because like, he always said he didn't want to do sequels because that's why he didn't, uh, he was up for Dr. Strange, but he was afraid of having to be Dr. Strange in the MCU. He wouldn't mind doing one movie, but then to keep coming back, like being in Spider-Man and the Avengers and Thor. Uh, well, like I, like I told you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it here. There just, people do need to research Lady Gaga, not just her music, like her as a person, uh, like you were saying a little bit last time about what happened to her dog walker and the dogs. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at her as a person, you will see that she is a very different kind of person. And I think the word you used was corrupt. And I think that is the perfect word. I'm sorry to describe her because yeah, I think I personally think that Joaquin Phoenix had no choice. It's like, this is how it's going to be. 
lady's got to be in this. So you're either going to get paid and do this film no, or I, we'll just scratch the whole thing. And I think he went with it because I get it. He wants to still be seen and still get paid and be in the films. I, I get it. No, I think it's like he probably said, no, I, I don't want to do a sequel. And they're like, well, how does $50 million sound? And he's like, I could do a sequel. And I'm sure that's what he's thinking about right now is the money. He yeah. is probably getting a boatload of money to do the sequel because I yeah. know he'd spoken out saying that he did not want to do a sequel to Joker. So, again, I don't know how much money he's getting, but I could see him getting Robert Downey Jr. money because that movie did make a lot of money and he won an Oscar for it. But I think that they're going to turn something that was special into something disastrous. But we'll see. I, you know, Hopefully I'm wrong and it'll be a good movie. But yeah, I can't stand Lady Gaga. I can't even stand to look at her. I like, I, I did see. I saw a couple of her movies, just not because I wanted to see her, but just because they were popular movies. And I saw a, a *Stars Born*. Yeah, I can't buy that. I was going to say Chris Christopherson, but that was the other movie with Barbara Streisand. Uh, what's his name? The guy. Cooper. That, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Hey, he wouldn't be going after her. No way. And there's so many other people he could have chose. I don't buy that. She might have had a nice voice and everything. Don't buy it. Um, that was see that that film was believable because it was mostly her being herself. She was playing a guitar. She was singing. She was performing. She was talking about the difficulty of rela relationships. I'm sorry if you go back in her past. She's been in a lot of relationships, so that's really easy to act because you've been through it. But when you're trying to be Gucci. Yes. Yeah, just terrible. It was just like, no, like, just stick with what you're good at. Like, it's okay to be good at what you're good at. You don't need to be something that you're not. Like, but that's what fame does to some people. It's like they they go down roads that it's not even a representation of of of, uh, of themselves. Like, honestly, like the way that you describe. The Rock, like that's how I think Lady Gaga is on the feminine side. She just mm. thinks like she can just do everything. She's totally untouchable. She could do anything you want her to do, and it's just like, no, actually, you can suck too. You know, <laughs> everybody can suck at something, and it's okay. <laughs> well, what annoyed me is like when I saw Maverick, she did the song at the end, and I was like, ugh, you got to be kidding me! And I'm sure somebody says we need Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is responsible for why this movie made over a billion dollars because oh, that heck no. well, I'm sure there's somebody out there that believes that and they could have been playing me. Mary had a little lamb and it still would have made a billion dollars at the end of that movie. Um, anyway, so Shazam two is tracking to have one of the worst openings of any DC movie. Why? I don't know. I don't think it looks very good. I mean, well, you saw the first one. Did nope. you see the first one? No. <laughs> see, now I finally ask you, and I wasn't going to – see, I, I didn't say uh, – yeah. Like I, I just assumed that you did see it. Jack loves it. I thought it was okay, but I don't see – I didn't think it deserved a sequel. Uh, this is getting a sequel. I, don't, I didn't like any of the trailers. I'm sorry. The, the, the villains are a bunch of old ladies, and <laughs> I – can't see them fighting against Shazam and his family. Uh, I don't think anyone's interested in it. Well, I guess 
So that's why it's projected not to make that much money. It cracked me up because I, I literally envisioned old ladies like one in a one with well, a rocker been... and one with a cane and one in a wheelchair <laughs> like going after Shazam. Well, it's it's Helen Mirren and it's Lucy Liu. Oh, Lucy Liu's not bad. Uh, I, I've never liked her. I never liked her in anything. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Ah. But she's still old. I mean, she's... I don't want to turn into Don Lemon. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, someone's past their prime. Mm, uh, okay, yeah. No, I'm just saying that... Uh, I don't know. Uh, how old is Lucy Lou? Let's see here. Uh, I guess she's not that old. But... Yeah, I think she's in great shape, but that's everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, mine is very critical, and I really probably shouldn't be. Uh, Lucy Lou, uh, Lou that doesn't look like Lucy Lou. Age fifty-four. She's younger than me. Yeah, not bad. Well, out of any of these rumors, is there any of them that you would be willing to to see? Probably Joker, huh? Oh, the um. Well, I'm, I'll probably see all of them, but yeah, no, I'll definitely. I'll have to see Joker just for Joaquin, but hopefully we get a good trailer. And it's what scares me is I have a feeling that critics are already writing the review for Joker too. And they're like ready to give it a 10 and saying Lady Gaga gives an Oscar worthy performance. You know that they're, they're not going to crap on Lady Gaga, no matter what she does. They're just going to elevate her to a, an even higher podium and uh, or pedestal. Mm. Well, I mean, out of Eternals 2, Marvel's Vision Quest and Aquaman 2. And I guess Shazam too. Which one would you actually look forward to seeing? Uh, I'm thinking yeah. either Marvels or Vision Quest. Did you Definitely. include? Did you include Joker in there? I mean, we can, but we know that's coming out. But the others are rumors, right? No. Well, Eternals two is a rumor. Aquaman two is an actuality. Oh, okay. Uh, Shazam 2 is coming out, I think, next month. Or it might even be this month. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Let me sit, check that. That'd be good I, to know. I would envision Quest. Yeah, that's a rumor. Yeah, I'm not really looking. That's a Disney Plus series. I, I would say probably Joker and then uh, I guess Aquaman 2. But um, Yeah, March 17th. Yeah. Think yeah, so that good. so that also makes sense about the Marvels, because then that means they're they're fitting in Ant Man, Shazam two, John no, we'll Wick, like all that. Yeah, I don't know. All and right, like, so last one. Oh, we were gonna say, what were you gonna say? Oh, just like in the like in less than five months, that's like a lot. Like you said, that's a lot of competition for action yeah. and and like superhero stuff. This could really be the end. I think that all of this stuff is, is very superhero related. And after phase four and the DC movies that came out, I, I think people are going to be 
burned out by them, especially if they're not really knock them out of the park home run movies like they used to be. Yeah, I mean, after after phase four, I think phasing like giving space to breathe is a wise choice, I think, right now. Okay, so last story. So Stallone confirms that Rocky Seven will not happen. Yay or nay? I'm okay with it, actually. I really, I really like the films that they came out. I, I don't know what he would put in Rocky Seven. <laughs> I read a little bit of it. Like he kind of showed some of the the script that he was working on, and uh, Adrian is <laughs> coming back. Crawling what? himself out of the the grave. No, really? No, in in flashback scenes. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because I mean in Balboa, I mean, Polly's gone, Adrian's gone. No, Polly wasn't gone in Balboa. Uh, he was gone in Creed. Yes, thank you. I was yeah. Mixing those two. Um, so then, yeah, I, so then, would Rocky Seven be after Creed then, or before? Uh, probably be after. Yeah, like he's done with with the whole Creed series. He had a problem with the producers, and he's that's probably why he's not making Rocky Seven too. Well, that is why he's annoyed with them too. So, but I, I don't want to see a Rocky Seven. That's just pushing it. Um. I loved Rocky Balboa. I thought that was a good movie and it was a good way to end the series. He's just too old to do anything. I mean, I mean it kind of sounds like there's something going on in the neighborhood in Philadelphia where, you know, maybe he's got to help against gang violence, but he's not fighting, but, you know, but it's almost like he's uh, like going to be a hero. Yeah. Or try to save. Set the example. Yeah. Or maybe he runs for mayor or something. Uh, we don't know because he only had like a couple of scripts out there. But he, he still owns his, his restaurant. Adrian's. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah. Put Rocky to Rocky to rest. Yeah, I think that's the wise thing to do. Do another Rambo, which I think he is doing another Rambo. I haven't seen those, so I'd have to start on that one. Oh, you should do that. Yeah. Yeah, the first one was really good. The second one was really good. The third one really wasn't that good. The fourth one was really good. And then the fifth one kind of sucked. Um, but I think like I think the next one he's training a new group of people to be like him i don't know i you know but i would first blood is, is a really good movie and it's not your typical stallone kind of rambo movie if, if you know what rambo looks like you know his shirt's off and mm -hmm. he's got like the pumping muscles and all that it's more about a, like a vietnam vet coming back from the war and just just being disrespected and mistreated because of uh him going over there to begin with, you know, in a, in a small community of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of a town. I, I, I think you would really like it. It's, it's got really the only story in all, all of the Rambo movies is in first blood. 
the rest of it's just Stallone working out, taking his shirt off, pumping his muscles, killing like a couple of hundred people in each movie, you know. But I, I think you would enjoy it, you know, especially you loving the gym. You'd be impressed with his. Uh, there's no workout montages, but this is basically him taking off his shirt. You see in his muscles, which you know he worked out. Yeah, it's good. I, I think I think you would like. I watched the first one, First Blood, and then if you like that, watch Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Yeah, I have a number of things to to watch. I wanted to see Blonde about Marilyn. I heard Don't that was. No? I, I watched it. Oh, I hate it. It was so depressing. Really? Yeah, she's good in it, but oh, it was just so dark and depressing. Worse than the whale, like more depressing than the whale, I would say, which is really tough, you know. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it so dark. It was, and I just, I, I well, it's fiction. A lot of it is fiction, because if Marilyn had the life that she had in that movie. Oh, God bless that girl. But I, I, I know she had a bad life. Don't get me wrong. I know she did. But this was just horrible. The, the life that she led in this movie was just ugh, disgusting. I mean, you know, you just feel bad that so many people took advantage of her. But again, I think I mean, what I read from it, a lot of it's just very fiction. Yeah, I did read that. I, I heard a lot of things were stretched and took out of context. Um, you, can, you can watch it, but my opinion, you put that up there at Rocky Five, Fedra. Okay. Wow. That bad, huh? I know there's a lot of things on your plate. I'm just trying to help you clear off your plate. Yeah, and I also wanted to see uh, Tar is the one with the composer, right? The, um, the conductor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I wanted that, to see though. that too. Again, it's the story isn't that great, but it's an incredible performance. And so is Ana de Armas in, in Blonde. But, you know, at the end of Tar, you don't want to stick your head in an oven. You know, Blonde, yeah, that's pushing you there. <laughs> it's just very depressing. Gotcha. Okay. I'll have to be in a certain mood then. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not right now. Okay. All right. Let's wrap this baby up. So, Fedra, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at Fedra Acris or be my friend on Facebook. And you can email me at Fedra at WDWNT.com. Yeah, and if you want, you can email me at Joe at WDWNT.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And, yeah, I want to thank some of the listeners for wishing me a happy birthday on Facebook. And... Uh, Mandy sent me a card which I thought was really nice uh, and so did Dan Dan sent me a card too um, but yeah I wasn't expecting those which was really nice and uh, yeah again thanks again guys for all the birthday wishes Jack his birthday is actually tomorrow February 24th Oh, happy birthday Jack yeah happy birthday Jack that's why he has to respect his elders, which is me. He does. 
No, you, no, he's uh, two days younger than me, but I think we were in the same uh, maternity ward. You know, we were born in the same hospital. Aww. It's adorable. Yeah, he was a jerk back then. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, what is it? Uh, where am I? Ah, we'll just end it. <laughs> So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Mirror Alert Season 9, Episode 7. So until next time, see ya. Good night, everybody.